New Light Radio Drama presents Invincible Ones in six parts. Written by Samantha Cooper, with direction by Caitlin Page Longoria, and sound design and score by William Phelps. Please be advised that Invincible Ones contains content on depression and suicide. If you or someone you know is struggling with depression or has suicidal thoughts, please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Episode 6 You see, there's this pit. Some say they're just off for the day. Some say they're a little blue. Some are incredibly honest about what is happening inside of them. Some don't say much of anything, and well, you never really know. Most often I think it's just called loneliness, but with extra adjective. Supreme, severe, debilitating, jovial at times, needed. Almost always loneliness. So, on that day, that particular day when that girl upstairs dressed herself up for the millionth time, put on a little lipstick, geared up to make that trek to this weekly thing, this cocktail hour, turned light appetizers, turned long dinner party, turned tables full of empty wine bottles, and definitely an expensive cab ride home, she thought, today is timid. It is necessary. It is content somehow, but it is still loneliness. Another day to be unattached. No, another day to be alone, she thought. That girl upstairs got there okay. She got there just fine and was lovely and funny and charming because she is, because she has to be. But in her head was a storm. I can't sit through another dinner, she thought where we talk about their haves and we avoid talking about my have-nots. If I'm not already dead by the end of it, she chuckled, I'll kill myself then. And she did. Not that night, of course not. She laughed too hard for that. It wasn't the next even, or the next. It was days, months, years later, but it would still come. It would come because not enough change between that one particular weekly extended dinner party and this night. It would come because of some other seemingly small trigger. And yesterday afternoon, her life leaked out onto the heads of those below her and really fucked everything up. And really fucking put some shit into fucking perspective. We should turn off the water. You. You can't be helpful just once? We should really turn the water off. 
I'm not going over there. Okay. I'll... Okay. We should stop staring. Let's, let's just call someone. Preston! What? That's a good idea, actually. Like, a really good idea. Yeah, I, I have ideas. I, I have good ideas, even. Okay. So, mm -hmm. let's call someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, yes, let's. What the fuck? Yeah, hey, Wit. The leak got bigger. Zoe, where are you? Hey! Upstairs. Um, hi. How'd you get up there? Climbed. Preston's here too. Oh. Hey, Wit. Hey, Preston. So, funny question. <clears throat> what the fuck happened? Ceiling broke. I see that. Um... What's weird about this water? It looks You should probably weird. just come up here. Dude, sis? Oh, yeah. Fair warning, it's a little gruesome. It, try, like, fucking gruesome? Like, slasher film gruesome. Yeah, that sounds appealing and all, but I think I'm gonna stay here. Clean up a bit or something. Oh, I, I wouldn't touch that Wait, water. please? I need you up here. We're standing in an apartment with... Yep. The water's still running. It's kind of soothing, actually. Doing? We were gonna turn off the water, but yeah, and then and, and then we were we were uh, gonna call someone, but uh... so yeah, this is all we've been doing. All right, all right, show's over. We can't keep staring at this dead. Let's go call someone. I'll call someone. But both of you, come, come on. You have to come with me. We can't stand here anymore. This Because this is, it is doing nothing, and I can't stand around doing nothing anymore. That goes against every moral fiber I was taught to. I'm supposed to. Someone once said that we have these moral fibers, and then standing here, just staring at it. At Fuck you guys, let's go. We can take care of this downstairs, outside, down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, shit. we are, now. <laughs> He's laughing. He's laughing hysterically in the hallway. It would be sad if it weren't so funny. 
Or is it the other way around? Come on, you've had enough. You fucking had enough, Zoe. Please, let's go. Zoe, aren't you coming? Zoe. You're gonna call someone? Yeah, of course. I'm not leaving without you, though. No, I'm gonna stay. I don't want her to be alone. I don't, I really don't think that's a good idea. She was alone when she, when this happened, and I'm, I'm staying. I'll give you 10 minutes, then you're coming downstairs with me. Yes. Hey. I'm Zoe. I don't think we ever officially met, but you probably hear us all the time, right? Sorry, by the way. I'm sorry for yelling at you and being loud and all that. We're like super fucking loud down there, right? Close quarters and... Anyway, sorry. I could turn off the water or something. I'm not going to turn off the water. You know, you're like the second in a week. I'm starting to think there's something wrong with me. Like, I'm causing this shit. That seems logical. It seems so fucking logical that it's fucking hilarious, you know? <laughs> what? So this other girl, Madison, she's, fuck, man. You guys would get along great. You seem like you were really easy to get along with. What the hell? What happened? Come on. It's okay, Natasha. Wait, I don't know if Anyways. I what? can. Uh... She's gone now. Wait, Two. <laughs> and it's funny, you know? Like, fucking funny because it was, bam, out of nowhere. I totally laughed at first because it was this guy, this prick on the sidewalk saying something disgusting about my boobs or making some lewd gesture, and I, like, I got shy and uncomfortable, and I, like, you know, instead of standing up for myself, like, standing up for fucking feminism, I guess, I, like, fucking turned away. Because that shit, God, that shit scares the shit out of me. Like, what if you say something to the guy and today is the day? Today is the extra shitty day when that dude decides you've, like, disrespected him or something. Like, you've insulted him because you didn't respond to his, hey, baby, nice tits. Or, like, why don't you smile? Or, like, that fucking lecherous look he gives you when you're just trying to walk home and he decides to teach you some sort of lesson with a with a slap or a, a kick or a knife or a, a gun or his fucking words because sometimes that's the worst of all the shit. I'm going up there. Page, wait. Anyway, this prick said something terrible to me and I looked away. I looked at Madison and she gave me this little half smile and off she went. She went right up to him and fucking yelled at him, skating circles around him, jumping on and off sidewalks, showing off. Fucking, it was beautiful. And the circles got bigger, and she's in the road, and she's so fucking fast, like lightning. But the cab was faster, and splat, and off the cab went, and everything stopped. I sat with her for a while. People tried to pull me away, I think, but I wouldn't dare move. I wouldn't dare move, because I figured if I didn't move long enough, I would just wake up from the nightmare. I wouldn't dare move because I realized something that I haven't been able to say out loud until now. I realized that her death was my fault and I didn't know what to do about it. I don't know what 
what to do about it. She is dead, and it's my, it's my fault, and I really don't know what to do about it. It's my fault, and I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't know what to do about it. I don't know what to do, Paige. I know. I... <laughs> Come on. <laughs> She wasn't afraid of death. He was her companion, a sort of comfort always there. She walked down the streets, she passed people in hallways, she sat next to people on subways, trying to guess when they would die. It was a little game she liked to play. That girl upstairs, she wasn't afraid of death. He lived so deep in her veins that she never really saw him coming. He was a slow rumble at first, a constant noise in her quest for quiet gray clouds on the horizon. She never knew what clear skies looked like. None of us were afraid of death either. Madison taught us that. Death will happen no matter what. You can't stop him, so don't even try. We all wanted to ask her what would happen when we die. She seemed to have that knowledge. We could see it in her as a sort of light. We tried to reach it, but she locked it away. It was her little secret. So, even now, we aren't afraid of death. Death isn't something we can name, so we never speak about him. But every day he rolls in like a dense, sticky fog. In a city of eight million people, he looms large. Though we try- Good God, we fucking try. To ignore him. He always hangs in the air. He is on the news. Down the street. In the sirens that blare in the middle of the night. In the eyes of strangers passing by. In the fucking apartment above our heads. At the edge of our hearts. What a friend we have in death. This has been a New Light Radio Drama production. If you enjoyed listening, please consider making a tax-deductible donation, big or small, by visiting our website at newlighttheaterproject.com or Venmo us at New Light Theater Project. For monthly support, consider signing up through our Patreon page. That's Patreon, spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. All donations are earmarked for artist fees. Invincible Ones is written by Samantha Cooper, with direction by Caitlin Page Longoria, and sound design and score by William Phelps. Featuring Leo Kreitz as Zoe, Angie Tennant as Paige, Mary Catherine Kopp as Natasha, 
Martha Luz Velas as Wit, Leighton Samuels as Preston, and Alana Barrett Adkins as Madison's mom and newscaster. Production management by Erica Anderson and Bethany Garrity. Radio drama theme by Andy Evan Cohen. And produced by New Light Theatre Project in association with Stable Cable Lab Co.